Welcome to Raised On It, the latest and greatest country music podcast. This is the first episode. Uh, the Raised On It podcast is part of the Raised On It website, which you can go to raisedonit.blog. Just that, not raisedonit.com, just raisedonit.blog. And what we're going to do, whether it's podcasts or articles, interviews on the site, uh, it doesn't really matter to us uh, what kind of country you like. If it's the older stuff, the newer stuff, there's, in, in our opinion, there's not anything that's like a pure country. Um, I think one of the things that we'll be bringing you is a lot of new music and up and coming artists that uh, if, if you're just listening to the radio, you may not hear of them. Um, but there's a lot of great acts out there. So I think that's one of the key things that we're going to want to focus on. I'm Aaron Wagner, and this is coming live from Green Bay, Wisconsin. And I'm joined by my sister, Emily. Hello, hello. Thanks for having me a part of this. Excited to talk new country, old country, get more people into country music because it is fantastic and more people should listen to it, Um, which brings me to a really random point. I was wearing a Sam Hunt shirt to work the other day. Hmm. And um, none of my coworkers knew who it was. It has his face on it. And they're like, who is this guy? And I was like, "Mm, people I associate with. I just, I don't know. When I said his name, they're like, hmm don't know. And I'm like, it's Sam Hunt. He's pretty yeah. well known. I mean, he's mainstream, but I mean, he just has the, I mean, just the one album, but it has yeah, like all seven kinds songs. of hits. Yeah. Right. That's true. And he's, he's on pop stations. Yeah, exactly. So he was on the Grammys. Like, mm. so I'm doing my best to bring more Sam Hunt into the world. They need a little more culture then, huh? Right. Yeah. A lot more culture. So chances are, if they don't know who Sam Hunt is, they definitely don't know who the first guy we want to talk about, Phil Vassar. Mm. Yeah, that's that's a shame too. A lot of friends though, even like college friends, you know this. We've seen him before in concert. They may not know him. Um, you'll know his songs, but not every word. And that's just so sad. Yeah, no, definitely is. So Phil Vassar, uh, the reason why we're featuring him on our first podcast is uh, we're going to see him in about a week and a half at Summerfest. Summerfest is in Milwaukee. Uh, it's a pretty cool festival. Goes about what two weeks ish? You know, Eleven days. Ten 11 days. days. So, yeah. Um, it's right on the lake. Uh, basically you get to, you pay 20 bucks to get into the festival and you can go watch all kinds of acts throughout the entire day. Um, and most of the stages are free. I think the amphitheater you have to pay ahead of time, but, um, it's a pretty cool opportunity to get to see, you know, acts. I know like last year we saw Dan and Shay, we saw Phil two years ago. Oh, amazing. Yeah. So it's just a great festival. Um, a lot of good food, a lot of good music, but Phil, Phil Vassar. So, um, you know, he's been a guy that's been around for quite a while, but, um, his claim to fame originally was a songwriting and I know we're saving some trivia for the end, but I'm going to put you on the spot here. Do it. Can you, I have six songs that are like top of the charts that songs that he's written, not that he's sung, but he's written for other artists. I have six. Mm. I, there's there's one that I would not have known. Well, there's an Alan Jackson one. That's and one. And I can't name it. I forget what it is. But I didn't recognize it. And so I felt kind of like a, ooh, maybe I'm not yeah. a true fan. It was like one of his top hits. Yeah, it's, it's called Right on the Money. It was the yeah. number one hit in 98 I have here. Sorry, I was four. <laughs> yeah. Um, so then he also, um, he wrote um, Jody Messina. I believe he did Bye Bye and I'm All Right. Correct. Okay. And then, oh, Three out of six so far. Yes. There is uh, My Next 30 Years. Yes. Oh, and there's another Tim McGraw song that's going to kill me. I don't know it. 
I, I know it. I can't think of it. And then there's Colin Ray song. Right. Little Red Rodeo. Correct. You got a five out of six. I know. What's the other Tim McGraw song? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tell me. Watch the planes leave town. No. All right. Nothing. I'm sorry that. <laughs> oh, my my very talented musical voice. No, for a little while. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Does he sing that at the concert? He does. does he? Yep. I should brush up on that song. Yeah, and he was actually. Um, so his quick background is 1999. He was actually named the songwriter of the year, and that's kind of the the thing that got him started. I think. And I think like what Carlene was his. His next hit after that in late 99 or early 2000, and he got his deal. Um, it's just kind of crazy because I think there's a lot of artists out there. I know like Cole Swindell is one I think of where he wrote a lot of like Luke Bryan songs or for other mm-hmm. guys, and he was always there and everyone always knew about him. And then finally he gets his chance. So it's cool that Phil, you know, still writes songs to this day and, and covers those songs at concerts because everyone knows them. And I think that's cool probably for a songwriter to do that. Right, and I think, I mean, lately you see, I mean, you talk about like Cole Swindell, someone who's written a lot of songs for a lot of other artists, but nowadays it seems like a lot of the artists want to write their own songs. Right. They want to write their, you know, as it relates to them, which is great, you know, if it seems more real, um, you know, and they can connect with it better, but it's kind of like, well, are there, you know, these up-and-coming songwriters who are trying to crack Nashville um, maybe it makes things difficult, a little more difficult. I don't know. Yeah, it just takes like the one song. Like, yeah, we can go to Low Cash. They wrote "You're Gonna Fly" by Keith Urban, and that yeah. was one of their number ones before it was their chance to sing. And yeah, I don't. Know. I have a problem though. I feel like when artists don't write their own songs, like you're in the business. I feel like you're the creative person. Like, I don't know, taking someone else's and passing it off just seems. Eh. And I mean, it's still good music, but. Is it as sincere? Is it as real? I don't know. That's up for debate. Oh, we'll save that for the debate round. Mm. Ooh, ding, ding, ding. <laughs> no, and I think, too, like the, the best part about going to a Phil Vassar concert is, and I should look this up. I don't know how old he is. Um, like 54, I thought I read. 54 is your guess. Yeah, but he can rock it. Right. That's the thing. Like he's, um, you know, he's 54. Mm-hmm. Correct. Oh, yeah. Right on the dot. I mean, you're watching him up on stage and he's like jamming out to the piano, just mm-hmm. like really into it. He's running all over the stage and it's like, this is impressive. I mean, you see guys like, I mean, Kenny puts on like a, what, three hour show doing right. the same thing, all these major guys. But um, no, it's, you wouldn't expect, I don't know if that's the right words, but um, when you hear Phil Vassar, that doesn't like get you like super jacked to be like, oh, we're going to go just have an absolute blast tonight. Have you been at stirrups when Carleen comes on when we're around? That is our go-to uh, at the country point. bar. So he's got some good jams, but I think it's equally as fun for artists when they can go around and dance across the stage and get the crowd hyped. It makes their experience better. And, and the fans will go away saying, wow, Phil Vassar was on a great show. I may have not known all his songs, but man, he's a good performer. So I think it's pride in their work. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, when you think about all the great hits he has, he only had only has two number one hits: "Just Another Day in really? Paradise" and "In a Real Love." Oh. He has, um, I think, I counted like eight or nine top ten hits. So I mean, he had, he had a lot of good ones. Right. That I mean, top ten. It's 
Um, even nowadays on the charts, you see, I mean, like Sam Hunt's Body Like a Back Road was on the charts for, what, 30, 40 weeks Something last year? Something like that, yeah. And it's like they just took out a whole year of any other artist <laughs> trying to <laughs> trying to crack the, the number one spot. So, um, And yeah. still people don't know who he is. Ugh. Right. That's yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got some work to do with your coworkers there for sure. <laughs> do you have a favorite Phil Vassar song? I mean, we talked about Curly and that's the fun one, but I mean. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't have one that like super jumps, you know, jumps out to me mm-hmm. in a real life. In a real love? In a real love. Ooh. I, that was a bad typo on my <laughs> list here. Everyone's gonna be like, wow, this guy's a bandwagon <laughs> jumper. No, In a Real Love is, is a great song. Um, and then the other one is Good Old Days. Mm. It's just a good peppy. Oh, oh Right. Oh, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's, it's a hard, it's a hard question. Yeah, they're so all fun. So answer the hard question yourself. Okay, so I would say Carly Ann if I want a good time. Okay. Um, last day of my life is just a fun ah, one. Yeah. And then sometimes if I'm driving with the windows down, American Child, really, I can just belt it out and I feel very patriotic. Really? Yeah, I just I enjoy the song. Okay, yeah, that's a patriotic song. I can mm-hmm. see that. Okay, a little six-pack summer. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I mean, in summer, definitely. Right. It's on my summer jams list. But Awesome. Well, and the cool part about the Phil Vassar concert at Summerfest is they always have openers and leading acts. So let's say throughout the throughout the afternoon, um, it's a lot of local people that are up on stage. Um, you know, not necessarily up and coming people in Nashville um, or what other genre that's going to be there. Um, but then once like turns of the evening, then you have the opening acts, and it's, it's really cool. Just to um, it's good exposure for them too. These opening acts that they get to um, first of all get to open for someone like Phil Vassar, but then they have this. Um, awesome platform just to you know rock out with the fans and you know introduce them to their music and the the two openers for phil that we're jacked about seeing um the first one is dylan schneider and i know he's like one of your favorites uh yeah one of my number ones um for a while i guess i the first song i ever heard of his was two black x's something probably popped up on spotify just a fun you know caught my ear kind of song and yeah, and then you just you hear more and more, and you look through his songs like, wow, this guy's been around for a couple of years, and he's 19, 18, 19 years old. And I'm like, hmm, what else can he do? And so, yeah, I um, I don't think he has a, a bad song. Maybe they're not the most deep and meaningful or whatever. It's no, but they're fun yeah, songs. There's Yeah, there's some good meaningful ones. Yeah. Um, I feel like he's going to put on a great show. Like, the songs he has are great, like concert jamming songs right and i mean the thing that sticks out to me is he's 18 years old yeah right now which is just absolutely crazy like i'm trying to think what i was doing that the summer of when i was 18 going to 19 like i was just graduated the thought of just graduating high school and like touring the country right opening for country like big acts like phil vassar i know last night he was at um country usa yeah and he opened for like granger smith too um which that would be sweet i mean that's a good start, but um, I know I was teasing you before we started this about how he got his start because I was interested. Because how does someone just interested because of his voice or uh, how he looks? Mm, well, I guess I heard him Both? first and saw him second. Okay, that's right. <laughs> All right, <laughs> that's fair. I'm being honest. Um, but anyways, I was like, okay, so because I was reading about him and like 
how he didn't have a record deal or he was putting out EPs and stuff like that. And I guess like his latest one, No Problem, was um, put out last year by a record company called Interscope. Fun fact, he's the first, it's the first country sing, sing, signal, single, that's a trouble word for me, single. We'll work on that. Um, yeah. That'll we'll be your word of the week. Okay. Single, single. Anyways. Um, and like Interscope, they don't have like a big following in Nashville, but some of the other artists like out in LA, they have are like uh, Lady Gaga, Eminem, they're all signed to this record. Really? Yeah. yeah. But so Dylan's, one of his like co-managers, his name is Sean Pace. Sean Pace found him on YouTube. Because he was looking for Kane Brown. He was involved with Kane Brown's startup, and he was looking for other covers for Kane to do. So he was scrolling through YouTube one night, and he saw like Dylan Schneider on page like seven of YouTube and said, oh, this kid's got it. And then he read he was like 16. He's like, sold. Let's go get him. So this guy, this producer, whatever from the record label, basically like this pop record label or just kind of all... Different types? Yeah, there's a faction of it now in Nashville. I read it's okay. not huge. Huh. Uh, like I said, like this is the first one they're taking a chance on because they are more pop-oriented, but they want to get into the country, and they thought like Dylan was a good uh, cross between. You know, he's young. Um, but they're saying like he's got like 600,000, 700,000 social media followers, like millions of streams on Spotify, so they figured, you know, this kid may have it if he's a young Kane Brown, which is funny because Kane Brown's like, what, our age? Yeah, it's 24, 24, I think, maybe. So, I mean, young. But, yeah, it's just kind of crazy because I know, like, Kane Brown came up doing a lot of covers, and that's what Dylan did and still continues to do. And I just think any kid with a a camera and a mic and a guitar, not even a guitar, you know, you can go on American Idol or you can sit in your bedroom and... Right. I mean, just going off on that tangent for a bit, like, um, someone like Daniel Bradbury, she was on The Voice, won The Voice, Mm -hmm. and, you know like amazing voice. Um, and last fall had the chance. She came to Milwaukee with a few other artists for, I think like a breast cancer awareness concert or something like that. And she mentioned there that she didn't know how to play guitar and she was starting to learn how to play guitar. Wow. And just saw a couple last week or two weeks ago, she did a cover and there she was playing guitar. So it's, it's, it's not a requirement, but I, I think there's a lot of, um, ownership that goes with that being a country artist that you should be able to at least play guitar. So is Kane Brown on that same label as Dylan Schneider? I don't think so. I think it's the manager. And I don't think that's even Kane Brown's manager anymore. I think it was just someone who was in the early process of getting him jump started. But that's crazy. There's a lot of strings everywhere in Nashville. I feel like everyone's connected some way or another, or you, you know, someone and the thing with Dylan too, like, so he had this EP called 17. Great EP. Right. And it went like number 37 on Billboard before he was like signed to a deal or anything. Huh. So, I mean, I think that's, I like stories like that. And I know like the next artist we're going to talk about too, kind of the same way. Just grind, grind, grind. It's not necessarily like one day everyone knows you, you build a following. And I think that's what we do to our friends. We're like, hey. Check out Dylan Schneider, you know, do yeah. it. Trust me. Like, I know he's great. Exactly. Um, just wish everyone would listen to me. Well, someday. They are now. Right. We're forcing them to. No, and I think the thing that I really like about Dylan is that he does, I mean, he got discovered by doing a lot of covers and he still does them. I mean, he'll do like yeah. the, the minute um, cover of whatever country song is taken radio by storm or um, so in that way. But I think he connects with fans too. Yeah. Um, I was reading an article where he said... You know, as he was growing up, he loved seeing when an artist 
um, tweeted back at him or liked his comment or whatever. So he said he wants he knows what that's like. So he wants to do um, the exact same thing for his fans. Um, so I mean, early on that's easy to do, right. but um, yeah, I, and he's active on his social media. I mean, he's young. That's part of it. You don't really see. Phil Vassar hitting up the retweets all the time, but um, Dylan seems to, and I think that's part of it as you try to grow your base. It's reaching out on those platforms because it's easier now more than ever to do so. Did you hear what Dan Shea said about that? No. Not really. Um, They manage their own Twitter accounts and their own Instagram accounts. I believe it. And not only do they have access to it, but they don't let anyone else have access to it. Um, They were saying, I forget what interview it was. Um, Maybe they tweeted or I don't know what it was, but yeah, like their managers or record labels have asked and they, they want to have access <laughs> to those social media accounts. Um, and Dan and Shay both have said like, no, we want to be authentic. Yeah. We want to connect with our fans. So they said, yeah, like it's, it is honestly like a part-time gig or it takes a good chunk of sure. effort. Um, you know, they'll just be sitting, you know, at home on the couch, um, I don't know, watching Asher try to play a little <laughs> basketball hoop and they'll be there liking tweets or Instagram yeah. posts just that. Kind of like what Dylan said. I would say they're good at that. Like if you tag Dan and Shay in something, yeah. you're going to get a like on it, which is pretty cool. I mean, I know it's just a tweet, but it's still, you know, oh, they see you and they think reverse. Oh, they liked our music. Exactly. So I, I know. We I could just, spend a whole hour talking about Dan and Shay on Instagram or whatever because. They're my faves. Oh, we definitely, like, in the next week or two, we definitely can, because their album, we're recording this on, what's today, the 21st? 20th. Their album drops in two days, so by the time this goes up on the site, raised on a tap block, self-promo. Well done. It'll have already launched, and we'll do a quick write-up about that and what we're we're thinking, but um, yeah, certainly Dan Shea is is one of our favorites. Um, Speaking of favorites, what is your favorite Dylan Schneider song? Hmm. I like How Does It Sound. Okay. that's. I think that's the one that he's currently trying mm-hmm. to get going on radio. Yeah, which I hope it takes flight because it is a great song. I mean, he has all great songs, but I really just, I like that one. It's just a good, it mentions Tim McGraw. Yeah. So, I mean, true. what else do you really need? Yeah. No, that's, yeah, he had a post the other day that it was added by a lot of radio stations, so... From there, it's kind of like, okay, how, you know, how does a song, that's how I'm always curious about too, is like, what song really takes off for an artist? Because there's some that we hear and it's like, that should be their single. Right. And either they don't release it or they do release it and it just doesn't gain steam Yeah. on radio. But yeah, no, that, that's a, that's a great song by Dylan. And yours? Um. Oh, I think I know yours. No, I don't think you do. No. Maybe. Has it changed? Did I have one before? I thought tonight? you liked No Problem. Oh, I do. Okay. No, No Problem's a good one. That's actually not my favorite, though. No. Um, in preparation for the Phil Vassar concert he's opening up, and I've taken a little bit deeper of a dive into his past EPs and such, and honestly, the one that just like connects with me and is a great song is Give Me a Red Light. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. I don't know. It's just like a, it's a good... It's not slow it's not too fast and it's just like you can totally picture like that moment yeah. of like oh uh, like 
the night's coming to an end, like the date's about to end, but you just want like a few more minutes yes. and you're hoping for a red light or hurricanes and that, everything you keep saying. So, <laughs> but yeah, no, that's. He's got some good ones. What was yeah. the one like Kiss a Girl or Kiss the Girl? I don't know. It's not yeah. the Little Mermaid song, I swear, but it's something along those lines. Oh, you could cover that one too. You could. I see that. Yeah. Definitely see that. <laughs> Should we request it? Yeah. And so after Dylan, actually before Dylan, the duo that goes before Dylan Schneider is a duo we saw last week here in Green Bay called Smithfield. Woo, Smithfield. And I don't know about you, but I was really impressed. I, it's You hear artists, you know, sing their songs on Spotify or the radio and such, but when you're able to hear them live, and especially acoustic, you just gain like a whole nother sense of appreciation for how dang good singers they are. Yeah. Their harmonies are lit. I mean, they were singing at a outdoor patio, busy traffic, and they still sounded just on point and just single guitar. Trey was playing and, um, yeah. And it's crazy that they haven't been doing this all their lives. I think they said the last seven years they've really like moved to Nashville, but I think sometimes that harmony, you'd have to start from little on, but. Yeah, just the, I mean, with they shared their story, and for those listening who are curious who Smithfield is, it's Trey and Jennifer, both Texans, and their families are... Texas forever. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> now you got me. I had to. <laughs> now you got me distracted, but yeah, clear eyes full of hearts. <laughs> Can't lose. So Trey and Jennifer are both from Texas, and their families are family friends going back a few different generations Mm -hmm. and my understanding is that they were close enough growing up they'd see each other at different um family functions and stuff i got this ready so apparently they went to separate colleges and then trey was in a band like oh the rock band right yeah but they broke up so then he must have like facebook messaged jennifer after like not being like super close for a few years, but he knew that she sang or liked to sing. Smart guy. And so I just like <laughs> out of the blue said, you know, what would happen? And she's kind of like, oh, you know, do I want to, do I not? And she's like, well, what does it hurt to try? And apparently a quote that I read at the first time they sang, she's like, it was literally like goosebumps because it just sounded so good. sounded really? so right. So yeah, thank God Trey's band broke up. Sorry to say, but right. this is fantastic. Yeah. And then he was, he was telling the story like when they had, first started singing together and she wanted to do country and that's kind of, she was country. He was kind of this rock sound to him yeah. or that's what his band was. And he didn't know any country. Like I think the only country singer he knew of was Keith Urban, which is pretty cool. Like to see, I mean, you don't hear Keith Urban on like pop radio, right? but I think enough people know of him and know how popular he is. Yeah. So. But yeah, that's the thought. I mean, look, you look at, we could make this a whole nother episode too. All these weird coincidences of country artists as they're trying to get their start or whatever. I mean, Carrie Underwood goes on a, a TV show singing competition and she's one of the best country singers yeah. ever. But yeah, no Smithfield, like when they were singing, like, like you said, like there's cars driving past, um, there's servers picking up glasses <laughs> yeah. and plates. Like, you know, this, it's, there's a rambunctious group of women behind us laughing. I wanted to. That's right. Slap them a little bit. That's I mean, right. they didn't have to be so loud. I know we were the only ones singing. Not our fault. We oh, know yeah. our music. <laughs> so, I, I asked my coworkers about that. I'm like, so 
is it so for quick backstory so smithfield's up there singing acoustic and they're an up-and-coming band so um not a lot of people know of them they're not going to know their words the words of the songs but um emily and i both knew enough that we were able to sing along but we weren't like out of control like waving our arms or hooting and hollering no we're just kind of it was six know. o'clock on a wednesday we're right civilized people exactly so we were just i don't know just basically singing along with them nothing out of this world yeah i did a little insta story but i mean yeah and then after their performance we ended up talking with them too as we're walking away this random guy is like you guys knew the words to that song? And we're like, what? You we're, didn't? Right. <laughs> what are just, you doing here? <laughs> and just like, okay, if he noticed, who else is noticing <laughs> right. too? And we weren't even being that obvious. Yeah. Um, Smithfield noticed. They're like, we saw you sing it. I'm that's like, true. Yeah, that's what, like, just a little rant. is. If you're going to go hear, like, a country band, especially, like, an up-and-coming one, at least go listen to a few songs so you could at least sing, like, a chorus right. or a line in a chorus. Right. Just, like... A, out of respect, and B, just so it makes your experience more fun. I don't know. Right? Yeah. When people go to a concert and and they just know maybe, like, for example, when we saw uh, Brett Young and Carly Pierce, I don't know. I listened to the whole albums because I knew they were going to play all the songs because they don't have enough singles out there. Uh-huh, I said it right. Um, to, <laughs> you know, put on a show. And so when people don't, and maybe they're not like true fans and they know maybe a handful of songs and they just sit there. You know, twiddling their thumbs the rest of the concert. I'm like, music is so accessible. Listen, and then you just enjoy your concert more. I feel. Yeah, exactly. Because if you're, especially the the ones you're paying for, like right. like the Carly Brett one. Like Brett's had, I think, three or four number one hits. Carly had one with her first one here. Mm-hmm. But you know, I'm willing to bet. I hope I'm wrong, but that too many people at that concert only knew her one hit. Right. And didn't know other ones like Hide the Wine. Yeah. Like those are, the, you know, those songs like just exploring the album more. And I, you know, I get it that, you know, music isn't about necessarily the full album anymore. Which um, it should be. It should be. But um, yeah, so just encourage people that if you're going to go to a concert and you don't know that well, like who the opener is or their songs, just find one, listen to it on repeat for like 24 hours. I promise you'll at least nail the chorus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's not asking too much, I hope. Right. You'll thank us later, I promise. Right. All right, favorite Smithfield song? Oh, well, nah, I, I just need to narrow it down to one. Um, my favorite song, Good Old Days. Like, mm-hmm. different than Phil Vassar, but we could hopefully hear oh. both that night. Do you think there'll be any collaboration? No. As I didn't think so. I don't think so. Um, it's not a big... Summer fest thing to do, right? It would be cool to do. You know, if they would do, I'm trying to think of what they could do, like Piano Man at the end. I think that's how mm. Philip Faster ends his shows. But um, he is the country piano man, right? No, good old days. I'm guessing they're going to open with it. It's just a, it's a good pump up anthem. Yeah, gets you energized. I always, I honestly leave work every day listening to that song with the windows rolled do down. You? I do. Yeah, it's like my routine. Interesting. I'm gonna guess yours. When you're gone? Ooh, I mean, it's the first song I heard of theirs, so I, I know all the words. So, yeah, in that sense, it's my favorite. But um, the song, If I Were You, to take a look at that one, that's okay. a good song. Um, and I do, you know, we're going to plug their new one, Hey Whiskey. Watch the music oh, video. They killed it at the, at the patio. Like, when you oh, sang yeah. That. 
Like, it's just... I feel like that's one that should always be saying acoustically. Like, you just need their voices. True. And it's, like, just thinking, like, the male and female duo, there's got to be... I think there's got to be more artists like that coming up. Because you hear, I mean, like, the well-established artists, like, the duets. Um, I'm just trying to think off the top of my head. I mean, like, Kane Brown and Lauren. Um, Tim and Faith. Tim and Faith. Um, you know, Chris Young and Cassidy Pope did yeah. a song. You know, all of these ones, it's, like, it's just a great sound to it. Yeah. And if that's what they're going to sound like all the time, like, right. dang, it's like, money. that's cool. Yeah, and I know fans are like hoping for a relationship, but they're like, no, we're just friends. So, <laughs> oh, are they? I was, I was, yeah. I was gonna look into that. They're no, just friends. They're just friends. So, you know, hopefully, some other outside person doesn't come and ruin this for them. You know, hopefully, they can stick it out and yeah, around for a while. Yeah, the big thing. I mean, hey, whiskey's their song they're plugging right now that um, you know is making its way on country radio. I think it's their first radio, hit. radio. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully that takes off. Um, so yeah, that was little. They called it what a party on the patio, mm-hmm. acoustic set. So that was last week, I believe, or it was two weeks ago. No, it was last week. Last I week. think, yeah. So that was last week, but the next week at party on the patio was a guy I'm super excited to see. Um, <laughs> I'm so jacked. Like all of his songs, all five or six of them that are on Spotify, <laughs> yeah. are super catchy and like. It's easy enough to pick up the chorus and the hooks. Brandon Lay. Ah. Yeah, he's my guy. He, he's he been making the rounds for a while, I feel. I don't know. I've heard his music since, I don't know, last summer, last fall. And um, he was on, he's on the Kenny tour with uh, Old Dominion, who I think he tours with Old Dominion just separate oh, or separately. has in the past. Yeah, he's been with them for a while. Um, Old Dominion, TR, and Kenny. So I missed it. I missed his performance. I walked into uh, Miller Park. I know, I know. Well, you try to corral seven girls, it's just not that easy. And and none of my (laughs) friends, as much as I told them, you know, you guys check out this guy. He's going to be at the concert. He's great. Like, just listen to his songs. They're like, "Eh." and I'm like, so we walked in and I heard Wilder Horses, and that was basically it. So. I was a little bummed, but now he's going to be sitting just a few feet away from me with just his guitar. With the river in the background. With the river. That'd be perfect. Yeah. Hopefully it doesn't rain. Yeah. No, I was, I was reading that. I mean, I don't know if it was his break or he got started, but he wrote a song that made Cole Swindell's album. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't a, a hit that was released to radio, but that was kind of his major break that he got in with on Cole Swindell's album. Yeah. That's, that's a big deal. Um, especially if someone like Cole Swindell is pretty like established and well known. Absolutely. Um, like my my first experience listening to him was Speakers, Bleachers, and Preachers. Yes. Which is just it's such like a real song. Right. It's it's not too like it's not bro country as people say, but it literally describes a small town life. Right. And like I just yeah, that those nostalgic feelings or those mm-hmm. memories come back and you know, I pulled directly from his website, like what he described the song, like why he wrote it. And it's like, oh, duh, that's probably what every artist should do. It's just, it's so real. He says, between going to church and playing sports, there's always a lesson to be learned. And country music lyrics are all about life lessons. All of that helped me figure out who I am in the world and what I wanted to do. Hmm. And it's like, it's such a simple song yeah. talking about, you know, God, church, football, friends, small town. That's what country music is. Right. And that's 
maybe partly the reason why we like it or connect with it so much because we did compete in sports. We did go to church every Sunday and grew up listening to country music. And so when you find something that sounds familiar, you know, gives you that feeling of, oh, brings back those memories. Why wouldn't you listen to it? So. Yeah, no, I think I think he's going to be a, a a star in country music. I mean, honestly, every song he's released so far is is really good. Like yeah. his latest, yada yada, yeah. which like just the concept of that, like how do you turn that into a song? But he's able to in, yeah. a, in a catchy way. So, um, no, I think I think the his future is super bright. I mean, Wilder Horses is my personal favorite. Mm-hmm. That's one of mine. I do like Let It, even though Let I don't it. know all the lyrics, yeah. but. Um, I don't know. I'm excited for like the 65th annual CMA Awards when all these guys are up there winning, and we'll be like, oh, we knew them when. 60. What year are they on now? I think they just had the 52nd. 15 okay. Maybe 13 years is a stretch, but hopefully it's sooner. So we're gonna have to like make these predictions and basically put it in a jar and then open it like 10 we years should. from now. We That'd should. be kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah, to see like what our picks would be who's gonna be winning stuff and they'll probably be artists we've never even heard of yet right like honestly probably like the next taylor swift or something that's coming up yeah never know yikes anything else of brandon lay um he's expecting a baby with his wife really yeah is he is that his first yeah baby kid yeah so congratulations to them nice yeah so the venue we're gonna be at for this party in the patio is basically exactly what it is a patio downtown with the river in the background which brings us to something that (laughs) i don't know if we're gonna vent about it but we're gonna vent okay we'll we'll vent we've had some bad experiences so when you go to a a country concert or any concert i guess there's different types of venues you can go to you get the big stadium ones whether it's indoor outdoor you have the festivals um where you're dealing with yeah, we'll get into that. So you're the, you're the stadium <laughs> ones, the festivals. Um, you have the the smaller venues where it's most likely just standing room, um, but you're able to get pretty close to them. Um, and then there's the ones where they just show up and you're like, oh, they're they're going to show up at that bar. They're going to be playing like a 45-minute acoustic set for free, like after work, grab drinks, watch on the river. Absolutely. So um, what is your... How would you rank as far as the venues go? Because mm. I think there's, there's pros and cons to, to both. There is. Yeah, it all depends, I guess. You know, when I saw Dan and Shay, oh, this is three, four years ago, they went to a real small theater in, in Madison. And I think the group of people it was, was a lot of young girls. Um, not saying like we're all respectful, but it wasn't a lot of pushing and shoving. So we were like, no seats, just standing room. We're was there alcohol room. being served there? Uh, yes. Okay. Yes. I wasn't old enough to drink, I don't think. Anyways, anyways, it was fun. And it was just, everyone knew, you know, they only had like a hit or two out of the time. Everyone knew every word to every song because they had the album, blah, blah, blah. Then, like, you and I go to like uh, a low-cash concert, which is at a, a bar in Green Bay. It's a bigger venue still. Yeah, I would say it's kind of like a... Like a rave venue, like if you've been to like a House of Blues or something yeah. like that, where yeah, it's more than just a bar. I mean, it's a right. good, it's a good setup. Yeah, they have like a reception hall, yeah. and there, I think it just takes it just takes one or two people to really ruin it. You know, if people do 
drink too much or get rowdy, you know, just you're there to have a good time. No exactly. need to ruin it. Don't need to fight or, or you know, get in other people's faces. So if, if everything would be fine, like the Dan and Shay concert, I would totally take standing room because you can finagle your way up closer if you want. Um, but I think I think we talked about this. The concert, the Granger concert, where you have seats to sit in, but you're still close. Right. Yeah. The, we, went, we saw Granger Smith. Uh, I forgot what the venue was. The Miller, Miller right? High Life yeah. Theater. And... It's not like a traditional. Well, it's not like a traditional theater where you'd see like a play in or musical. I guess you would. Maybe it looked too fancy for Green. It was fa- yeah, yeah for Yee. For Earl, yeah. For Yee Nation, yeah. It was was not the yeah the the persona of Earl Dibbles Jr. did not match the no. the venue of no, it was, that. Yeah. Um. But no, totally. Like you're able to. You had seats, not that you had to sit during it, but in between sets, if you wanted to sit down, you could. And I think naturally, like those seats are as a natural like space divider. Yeah, because that's something too. Like, and I'm I'm probably gonna sound like an old sixty year old guy, grumpy guy, grumbling about kids, even though they're <laughs> like our ages. Is that you know at the low cash concert, you're packed in like sardines, so it's just you're gonna you're gonna accidentally bump people. Right. You're gonna you might spill part of your drink on them, whatever. But if people just be a little bit more considerate or realize their surroundings, um, you know, cause like this low cash concert, they were, I mean, who was it? It wasn't millennials. It wasn't our generation. Yeah, that's true. It was the adults. Right. I mean, yeah, these adults basically, I, they accidentally bumped elbows or they were moving in each other's spaces and then to try to make more space, they threw a shoulder or backed into it and just turned into stuff. You just, it's just annoying. Yeah. And then, you know, at, at the Bright Young concert, okay. similar type of venue, you just get people that come and personally as like a taller guy, I, I'm i always very aware of who's around me. Like if there's like a five foot four girl standing behind me, like, okay, like that's, it's just not. <laughs> Thank you to the five foot girl. It's just, it's just not, it's just not going to happen. Like I can move two or three feet back right. and have the same view too. So just those I don't know. I know we're venting. We probably sound like complainers right now, but but then just, we do like big arenas. Like I do like them. Well, because you're yeah, your bigger acts. Yes, come to them. Like yes, I can see the top of Kenny Chesney's cowboy hat, but I don't really care at that point because you're more with the crowd, and and I just think those are fun too. When you have like fifty thousand people singing along to anything but mine, it's it's a cool moment. That's true. I mean, I'm a little. I mean, like Kenny, I've I've seen him, so it's like, okay, if I really want to see Kenny again, I'm I'm gonna fork out way too much money to go sit in the sandbar. Yes, but, that's my next plan. Right. <laughs> so like, but at the same time, those top artists, like that's the only way to see him. You're not gonna see Kenny go play at like a two thousand person rave. No. I mean, that's no. Those that's days insane. are long gone. Yeah. And even someone like, you know, like. Dan and Shay, like I think those days are probably over for them too. Close to it, right? That's why it was cool. Um, Thomas Rhett, when he released his album Life Changes, That's right. he did like the three city tour. So he came to like the north side of Chicago, and we went, and it was a what was the bar Joe's something or another? Yeah, Joe's Live. I think it wasn't the one downtown Chicago. No, on Joe's on Rosemont's. I think awesome venue. Yeah, it was really cool by the airport, and it was it was smaller. I don't know, a couple thousand maybe of that, but. We were pretty darn close to Thomas Rhett, and he's 
going, you know, to sold out stadium shows now. And, and I don't think he'll ever, no. unless he does that, you know, album release again, it's just crazy. It was so cool. And I'm glad we did it, but. Right. It was basically, uh, it wasn't a true acoustic. Well, it kind of was acoustic set. Yeah. But yeah, you were, I mean, we were what, I don't know, 15, 20 feet away. Right. If, and if it was just those, those intimate settings where it's like, okay, it almost feels like they're just singing to me. Yeah. And this is like such a cool experience. And something I'm trying to get better at is I want to capture that moment. So I'll always be able to like relive it or remember it, but I don't want to be that person that's either a recording the entire song, mm. be Snapchatting right. through the entire one or C trying to get myself with the singer behind me in, in a Snapchat. It's just like, it's, yeah. it's just too much work. Just go and enjoy the show. I know like some artists, I know Kit Moore did this once. He, have you heard this? Uh, he was performing. I don't know where it was. Probably it a similar type of venue. And there must have been a girl in the front row that like the entire show. She just had her phone up the whole time. She had her phone up the entire time. Yeah. And it's you're watching like they're, especially if you're front row, like they're five feet away right. like you and I are right now. And it's like, are you really going to watch a concert through your, through your screen? Through your screen. And I think he ended up grabbing the phone. Yeah. And he just like set it up on on stage and he's like, I'll give it back to you at the end of the show. Like, just enjoy the show. Yeah, I love Kit Moore. Kip's so great. He's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think I, I'm trying to now. When I went to, to Kenny, I didn't Snapchat him. I think I did like Thomas Rhett. But, you know, it's just you want to be in the moment. And I can I can think back to the concert. I may not remember everything that happened, but I remember the fun I had. And I think... If you're on your phone or you're, you know, constantly, oh, what should I caption this as? Or, oh, it's my favorite song. I really wish I had it. No, it's, it's not why you go to a concert. I mean, I don't think my Instagram followers really care. They'll see it be like, cool, she's at a concert. Right. And they get annoyed when they see 20 Instagram stories. Yeah. I, I do think it is addicting. It's it's almost like a, a fear of missing out sense where, I mean, I've been guilty of it too. Or you see friends or people you follow and you're like, oh my gosh, they're at that concert. Like that mm-hmm. looks like so cool. And it's like a little bit in the back of your mind. You're like, I'm cool too. Like I go to concerts, so right. I gotta, I gotta do the same thing. And it's like, yeah. And no, like you, you can still go like, I, I'm curious. Like I want to, I want to ask some, some artists sometime what it's like to perform. And I, I guess it's kind of cool to see like everyone recording you. Right. But at the same time, it's like, okay, does it take a little way, a little bit away from the performance? Yeah. I don't know. Yes and no. I, I think it does. I don't know. If you really want to live in the moment or if you're just worried about how many likes you can get on something or you want everyone to know oh, how cool you are, I think you're doing it for the wrong reasons. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. I think Kip talked about this and I, he got a little pushback that he wanted to have some sort of a policy, depending on where the venue was, that like phones wouldn't be allowed. Like You would basically check in your phone like you would check in your coat. Yeah. And you wouldn't be allowed... And, like I could totally see that. I don't know if it's going to become super popular, but I could see that kind of catching on where you just, you're going to, it depends on the artist too, um, where you just go and you just, just enjoy the show. Yeah. Like it's I as mean, simple as that. As of how many years ago, we didn't have this. Yeah. You had camcorders or even like back 20, 30 years ago, people just went and lived and enjoyed the music. And then that was the one time they saw them. They never saw them on social media. You know, it's just, I think we just don't know any better at this point. Right. Which is sad. Exactly. 
So no, with like I I love those smaller venues. Um, Summerfest is always just a cool venue. I know we're bringing it full circle, but like Dan and Shay last year, people, you know, when other shows end, other people filter in. And I feel like it's just cool. Like they put videos on Insta afterwards and it's like, wow, there was a lot of people, but you didn't realize it. Right. Like Summerfest, I would say is like an organized festival. Yes. Where you have, you can call it seating. There's, there's bleachers, but I mean, let's be honest. Most people are standing in the bleachers yes. or dancing or whatever. So I would call that organized. Cause there's, I mean, yeah, enough security around too and stuff where, I mean, I don't know too much about country or because I've never gone because um, I'm all about having a good time, <laughs> having a party. Like there's nothing better than like drinking a Jack and Coke or beer, listening to country music, especially if you're at a festival or you're going to see all kinds of these artists that you love, but where it's literally in the middle of a field. Awesome. But if it's bad weather and everyone's been drinking since 9am and they can like their friends are carrying them to the concert. I don't know. That's why I've I've never been interested in going to something like that. Um, maybe it makes me a bad fan or a bit of a bum. I don't know. But you've been to Country USA in that type of venue, right? Yeah, yeah. I've been to Country USA a couple times. Never camped over, which maybe that's oh, how yeah. to do it. You know, you can drink all you want and stumble back. But um, even when I go to other concerts, I I hate to drink because I don't want to I don't want to miss anything by waiting in line for the bathroom. But that's just that's just me. But um, I remember at Kusa, the coolest thing that probably happened was a couple years ago we went and, um, or the the main act was Little Big Town and they were just kind of, okay, unpopular opinion. I'm not a big Little Big Town fan. But anyways, that that setting wasn't for them. We're going to have a discussion about that later. That's fine. There's some of their songs are okay, but it just wasn't the setting for them. Okay. Okay. Yes. Yes. Just Okay. Anyways, um, in the beer tents earlier, Low Cash was there just playing some live sets for like an hour. And so um, they were really pushing their album because their album came out later that week. So we stayed in the beer tent all night and got to know Low Cash. And then that night and the next day, me and all my friends were buying their songs on iTunes or pre-ordering their album. And then a couple days later was the night they actually performed on the main stage at Kusa. And afterwards, they're like, hey, you know, if you bought our album come meet us. We're going to sign autographs, take pictures. And we're like, we saw you a couple of <laughs> nights ago. You guys are great. And, and so now like it really turned me into a low cash fan. Whereas like if we hadn't done that, I would probably been like, yeah, low cash, they're cool. But now it's they have like, a couple good songs. Yeah. Now I have like a story. I have a picture with them and I'm like, right. That's just like, like when we met Smithfield last week, I mean, we talked to them for, I mean, maybe a minute, Yeah, a minute, minute and a half. Or two, yeah. But just that like connection, I'm like, okay, Smithfield, like, Trey's cool. Jennifer's cool. Like, yeah, they saw us singing. Like, they're good. Like, awesome. Like, it feels good to be like the early support for artists. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and did you? Maybe I'm thinking of someone else, but was like John Party at Country USA just walking around um, randomly and like no one knew who he was. That was yeah. I was in high school, I think. So this was a couple years ago, maybe 2012, 13. And so Kusa, um, there's like a 4.30, uh, a 6, an 8, and then 11 o'clock is when the main person goes on stage. I think John Party was like the 6 o'clock guy. So that tells you how long ago this was. And um, so me and my friend, we didn't make it for his set, but we were just walking around. There's all sorts of stuff at Kusa. There's, you know, the food. There's by Cowboy Hats, but there's two main beer tents. And um, you see a real tall guy in some pretty tight jeans and flannel. Cowboy hat, and Cowboy probably. hat and cowboy boots. And you're like, mm. Yeah, you find that at Kusa, but he looks was, legit. <laughs> do you really find that? Because I'm, I'm, yes. I'm picturing like, okay, yeah, I'm picturing do. like a lot of 
guys in like cutoffs and just acting goofy, but yeah, um, maybe yeah, you get your you do get your authentic people, but yeah, John Party kind of stuck out, and I was like, said to my friend, I'm like, that's John Party. She's like, no, I'm like, no, no, it is, and I'm like, uh. Maybe if it would have been like 21-year-old Emily with some alcohol, I've been like, hey. But um, some other people went up to him first. And he was super cool, took some pictures. So then me and my friend went up and, and got our picture taken. He has the weirdest smile on his face. Really? We laugh about it all the time. He just kind of... It's like a half grin? Kind of like a lopsided smile. But he was a good sport. You know, him and his, and his band, they just wanted to have a good time too. And I think he's, well, he's way too big to get away with that now, but... Yeah, I forgot about that. Thanks yeah. for reminding me. No, I mean, that was, I'm trying to remember you told me that a couple of years ago. And it's like, well, now, I mean, he was the first opener a couple of years ago. And now he, I don't know if he'd be a main, like a. He'd be an eight o'clock person, probably. Yeah, opener for the main one or yeah. second opener. Well, I don't know. I mean, Marin Morris is opening tonight. True. You think about it, how many hits she really has. She has the one album. Right. But, anyways, side tangent. Yeah. So, love country concerts. Yeah. Love all the venues. For the most part, but <laughs> yeah, in a perfect world, the Granger Smith concert where yes. you have seats, but obviously we don't sit during the concert. Oh, I hate people that sit during concerts. I just can't do it. Yeah. I mean, if, if you sign up and pay to go to a concert, either bring your, you know, your fun pants along and sing and <laughs> dance or don't Get complain when people, out. exactly. <laughs> or if, if other people are singing and dancing, don't give side eyes or things right, like that. Right. I've never had any any issue with any of anything like that, but you do see that occasionally people are sitting and you're kinda like, Yeah, why'd you come here then? When I saw um, Billy Joel when he came to Lambo last summer, I mean it's a whole different demographic, which I mean obviously <laughs> old people. It's old people. But his last couple songs, you know, he did Piano Man and Uptown Girl and I mean if you can't get up and dance to Uptown Girl Right? You have it's my to. jam, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. But there's like five rows of people behind me where they had, you know, walkers. No, I'm kidding. I'm being dramatic. But they didn't stand <laughs> up for it. And I was like, well, I feel bad, like, standing up. So I didn't. So I'm just like seat dancing. And seat dancing is not cool. Yeah, I would not even attempt that. It's one or the other. I couldn't keep And it's going. not the other. You hear for Uptown me. Girl. You just got to. Exactly. Anyways, so that's. I don't like party poopers at concerts. You're going to spend the money, have a good time, but not too good of a time that you don't remember. Right. So Life lessons. That's a good one. You should it put is. that on like a Pinterest board or something. I should. I should. Claim that. No. So for Phil, Dylan, and Smithfield, they're at Summerfest. It's going to be a bleacher crowd kind of thing, but everyone's going to be standing. Speakers and bleachers. Oh, nice. Oh, wow. Right. That, you've been thinking of that one that all day? That was Brandon Lay, though, so wow. that doesn't really... That was a dad joke. It was. Yeah, good. Proud of my dad jokes. <laughs> so, no, that'll, that'll be fun. We're going to try to get there super early so we can see Smithfield up and close, see Dylan up close, but... I hope Smithfield recognizes us. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be kind of weird if we're like, hey, remember hey. us? And they'd be like, oh, who oh, are these no. crazy cats? Yeah. They might, but yeah. They can at least lie to us. Right. Just like a fake smile. Yeah. If they have sunglasses on, they don't have to be looking at us. Right. Exactly. Just like not in our general direction. Yeah, a wave. little just. Just do the old politician wave, smile, yes. and just keep singing and such. So Sounds good to me. So now we're going to get to a portion, and granted, this is our first ever episode, so we'll fine-tune things as we go. 
Um, but at the end of every episode, we're going to feature, each of us is going to share a new artist slash new artisan song that we're listening to just on repeat or that we just heard that day. We just can't get enough of. We're going to do that. Then we're going to share like a blast from the past. Just a song that might be a few years old. I think we want to say like over five, six years. Yeah. Somewhere in that, that we might've forgotten about. And then we're gonna do some trivia. We'll always end it with some trivia. So, um, I'll try to stump Emily. She'll try to stump me. I and don't really have any, so I will do better next yes, time. Yes, our first episode, Emily already failed to prepare. I dropped the, the ball. Entire. It's fine, though. I have, I have some questions. but um, So who is, you know, I know we talked about Smithfield and Brandon Lay and Dylan, Dylan Schneider, but who is your new artist or the, the new song that you're listening to that you want to spotlight that you deserve someone deserves some recognition. It's really hard just to pick one. Um, and, and she's one that I, it's been around for maybe a couple of years, but her, her latest album, girl going nowhere, uh, Ashley McBride. Okay. And I, I shared it with you before, but I, I don't find she's a, at Kusa tonight. Is she? Yeah. Mm-hmm. See Kusa this year. I would go for like all the beginning artists. I don't really care about the rest. No, I do. But her latest album, if, you guys check it out. It's great. Um, not really a bad song. They're all really real. She writes her music. Um, they're not just like fluffy. And I don't want to compare like her stuff to like Carrie or Kelsey or, you know, Lindsay L. But it's a little deeper. It's has the Eric Church flavor to it. Okay. I always, and that's, I don't want to foreshadow my other um, choice, but. It's Eric Church. Okay. It is. Yeah. I, I do love him. But. Um, uh, she has a song "Little Dive Bar" and "Delatica." I can't pronounce it, but it's a great song. You should check it out. Um, her whole album is just straight fire, I think. And um, she's a great one to follow on Insta because she does keep it so real. She's just like funny. no filter. No filter. She'll you know. I mean, not that swearing's bad, but she'll you know. And and she's not really a, a girly girl. So when they have to like put makeup on her, she's like. Look at the toolboxes they, you know, brought out for me. And, <laughs> they, have and a, they have to drag her to the makeup chair, basically. Yeah, yeah. And so I think she's one of those who's just content to um, sit with her guitar and write songs. And, and they're just, it's good, good stuff. So I plug her. I plug her album. I plug everything. Okay. I'll be honest. I haven't listened to a ton of her. So when you say, like, Eric Church, I mean, are you talking, not like depressed, not depressing songs, but just... Um, I just would say lyrically driven. Okay. It's like authentic. Yeah. Okay. Where you listen and like it does tell a story. It's not like a cute, ooh, put the, the chorus back on. But um, yeah. And I don't know if necessarily they're all from personal experience from her, but it seems it's storytelling, I feel, at its best. So. Right. And I think that's, and she hasn't, I think she's, I don't know, struggle is the right word, but it's been hard for her to catch on country radio too. And that's that's been an overall theme for, you know, a lot of female country singers. And I know we can get into that in a future episode too, but, um, and that's like the beauty of Spotify and Amazon music and Apple music and all of that. that You can discover these artists. But I think it was Eric Church who actually like brought her out. She opened a few shows for him and I think he made a tweet about her and that's how I found her. Okay. If Eric Church tweets about you, and, and yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and like, has he open or like brings you up on stage for like a duet or an open? Yeah. I feel like people are going to be talking. So right, so that's what I'm hoping. Like, maybe this helps, but definitely Ashley McBride is is one to hopefully stick around. Okay, she's got it. All right. Who do you got for me? Mine. Mm, it's it's a, a female singer as well. It's definitely a girl jam. But I oh, like, gosh, is... 
I know. <laughs> Aaron has no shame. It's fantastic. I, yeah, I really have no shame when it comes to a lot of things, but um, <laughs> especially when it comes to country music or just music in general. Like, I mean, honestly, like Taylor Swift's my favorite. No, uh, I'm going to be pigeonholed now. Taylor Swift is like one of my favorite singers <laughs> ever. It's hard to pick your favorite. It's okay? true. Very true. But if, if it's a good song and it's catchy and the lyrics are good, I have no problem playing it on repeat. I have no problem telling people to go listen to it. And then I have little to no problem with them being like, this is not a good song, even though they're wrong. Or even though they're like, why are you listening to this? I'm like, because it's catchy. It's good. Yeah. So you might already have an idea what it's going to be. The song is <laughs> Hard Feelings by Taylor Edwards. That's it. Okay. <laughs> and I think I got a text from him one day, like, check out this song. I'm like, all right. <laughs> right. So and I don't I don't know exactly how old, she, how old she is. I'm guessing somewhere in the 20s, young 20s. Um, she released a three-song EP this spring called Hard Feelings, and that was like the main song from it. It's a super catchy song. Um, I honestly... Like I'm always jamming to it when I'm driving around with the windows down. Um, the fun fact about it, though, I don't know if it made it fun, but a little insight is um, she co-wrote the song with I'm I'm gonna butcher the name Nicole Galan Galleon. I'll get that name right. Anyways, she's a legit superstar um, songwriter in Nashville. Mm-hmm. She's written. A ton of songs for Miranda. I think she's done some Keith Urban. Um, most recently, she wrote Tequila with Dan and Shay. Mm-hmm. So she's like one of the top songwriters in Nashville. And I guess she was actually as she was like a mentor to Taylor Edwards as she's she was mm-hmm. going through college um, or music school and stuff like that. They look like twins, which honestly, guy, like it's kind of can't complain about, huh? Kind of weird. Um, but yeah, it's just a catchy song that they, they co-wrote together and it's just fun. And I, I think it's great to have, you know, a lot lot more females in country and Absolutely. just kind of like shatter uh, shatter the mold, but just you don't have to necessarily be um someone that's wearing cowboy boots with a banjo with a twang. Like you can make good music. <gasps> what? Yeah, I know. Crazy. We probably lost half of our viewers. So we're down to one. <laughs> Thanks, Mom. Yeah. Um, but no, it's, it's a super catchy song. So I would suggest if you're a male, check it out, feel free to, you know, tell me otherwise. But I think if, if you're a girl, it could be a definitely a good girl jam. So I yeah. like a good girl jam. Exactly. Me too. It reminds me of something Kelsey Ballerini said, how like someone criticized her for wearing like sparkly outfits or, you know, whatever she would wear to award shows. And she's like, I like sparkly. I like pink but I love country music and storytelling like, and it doesn't define her. And I'm like, good for you. Like you don't have to wear cowboy boots and plaid and like you say, strike a banjo. Right. I mean, it's fun at times, but not everyone needs to do it. Cause then we get annoyed with that. Right. I mean, everyone thinks Tim McGraw and Kenny Chesney are country, right? Right. I mean, Tim McGraw, he, sometimes he'll, he'll wear like a legit suit yeah. when he's performing or Kenny. I mean, he did a collaboration with Nelly for God's sake. Right. I mean, and Kenny, I mean, he's always wearing a cutoff and shorts or jeans yeah. and like flip-flops. And he's all his music videos are basically him in the sand. Exactly. So, um, I think it's getting a little bit better with that. People are starting to say, you know, there's less of those that are like, oh, that's not real country. Right. Or that's not pure country. Yeah. There's something I hate more than like an award show going on Twitter and be like, bring back the good stuff. And I'm like, what is good? Everything was good in its time. And then things change. Right. But that's 
Well, that, that's another one too. Cause there's a lot of, mm. I have enough people that gripe and complain about the Sam hunts and the Florida Georgia lions and that stuff. And it's like, that's country. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah. It's, it's not like they came from pop or rap or hip hop. Like they came up through country. They right. wrote country songs. Exactly. And I think sometimes it's, I mean, the sound of it is important too, but I think it's like we've talked about too, is like the lyrics and yeah. like the emotion that they're able to convey and like, if you're able to relate to it, I think that's one of country music's biggest strengths right. in that sense. And there's something that people think that country musicians only listen to country music, which isn't true. Like they listen to other music and they get influenced by that. And, and that's how we get the crazy concoctions of music that we get today. I mean, right. I mean, Garth Brooks, I mean, he was pretty progressive for a country right. singer back when he was coming up and he even went, he did like a emo metal stage too. Yeah. So yeah, certainly. All right, so what's moving to the blast from the past? You said Eric Church. I did. I love him. Um, the the song I really like maybe isn't as well known. Sinners like me. I don't even know if I know that. Mm. I'm embarrassed. Yeah, it's, for myself, and that I like announced that. Yeah, I, I should have faked why it. You said that. Like great song. It's a great song. I don't know. It, I'm sure I have. Yeah, it's you know, I like it because it starts off. Um, if well, you've heard the song, you know, he starts off with him and his brother talking about his grandpa sitting on his grandpa's gravestone and how, you know, he's a sinner like him. And it, and it, the story ends, you know, how he's going to be welcomed to uh, the gates of heaven with all the other sinners like me. So I do like, you know, when, when artists aren't afraid to criticize themselves or then talk about, you know, God or Jesus and incorporate that. So I just I think it's a good theme because you start off as a 15 year old he's a sinner because he's drinking underage. Okay. And then it gets to the gates of heaven and and it's just I don't know it's a it's a good little story in a three minute song so brush up on it. It's just like vulnerability basically. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's still like uh, it's not slow necessarily it's not fast but it's just um, it's pure Eric Church and I I don't know I'm a big fan I know not everyone is uh, I like his music I think he's different than anything in country. Yeah, I would agree. I think he's kind of his own little vein. Right. And he has, uh, I think he's unapologetic in the way he is. Right. Um, and I think, I mean, the few naysayers that talk about pure country, I think they would say that he is pure right. country, but at the same time, he appeals to those that like the modern country. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, he did go a little rock, like his albums too. You are vastly different. It's, it's kind of funny, but I think he's just a talented guy. I think he knows how to write a good tune. So Sinners Like Me is my, my throwback jam. Throwback jam. All right. Well, my little blast from the past is, um, this was the number one song this week in 1996. Oh boy. And like, you think of that, that's what, 22 years ago. Yeah. And like you, when I tell you like the song and the singer, like I'm pretty sure you'll, you'll know it. It's like, you you could play that on radio today and you'd be like, oh, that's totally a hit. Like it doesn't sound like it's twenty two years ago. It's Blue Clear Sky by George Strait. Oh, I love that. Song. That's probably. I thought about doing that for one of my throwbacks. <laughs> that's funny. It, it's. I think it's honestly my uh, clear blue sky. Blue clear sky. Blue clear. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, blue clear. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I do like that's um on one of my Spotify like remember these and I. I mean, it's it's hard to pick a favorite George Strait song that would probably be mine. It's one of my top. Depending ones. on the moods, mm. but 
Yeah, I mean that song was number one this week in '96. But if if he were to release that like yeah. next week, it'd yeah. be like, oh, that's definitely going top of the charts. Yeah, I feel like it's always been on the radio. Right. I feel like, yeah, I don't know. When you learn songs when you're younger, I, you know, I didn't hear it for so many years until I got Spotify. I'm like, oh, I still know every word to this song. Yeah, I think there's. I mean, I don't know about you. I'm trying to remember what your childhood was like. I mean, I definitely grew up with you, obviously, <laughs> but you know, like. I listened to country growing up, and then he hit that. Nah, for me, it was like middle school, high school, where you kind of you listen a little bit more of pop and that kind of thing. And that's where all of a sudden, not that I miss some years, but then all of a sudden now it's like, oh yeah, I've I've heard that yeah. song. Like I heard that on the radio. I think I talked about that in like my my article I wrote for the website. Um, how yeah, when you're in your middle school, you feel such pressure to fit in, and that means that's like true. knowing songs. I remember going like to. Like basketball tournaments, and they'd have pop on in the radio, and they'd all sing along. I'm like, I don't know every word to "Glamorous" by Fergie, or you know, I, mean, I do. I can spell it, but and I was like, and I never felt the the pressure to know it. I didn't care because I didn't like the music. I was like, why would I want to learn something that I don't like? So I just kind of stuck with country, and um, I never really faltered. Yeah, no, I definitely came back in a hurry. You did. Like, Proud of you. Yeah, here we are. But now, George. He's the king. King George. King. Sorry, LeBron. <laughs> the OG king. <laughs> the, the OG king, for sure. Um, all right, so you have no trivia for me, correct? The only one I could think of was a Carrie Underwood, like what was her winning song on American Idol that was her first single? Oh, that's easy. Okay. I want to be, or Inside Your Heaven. Okay, good. Oh, yeah. Okay. I just didn't know. I remember um, the first time... Side tangent, quickly. Um, I didn't watch the season of American Idol she was on, but they replayed it on, I think, like E! Channel. But the first time I saw Carrie Underwood, I think she performed at, like, it was like the CMAs or the ACMs. And it was one of those where she just sang, like, one verse in the chorus of Jesus Take the Wheel. Like, commercial or something? Right, exactly. That's exactly what it was. And and someone made a note, I don't know if it was mom, like, oh, well, that's the new country singer. She just won American Idol. I'm like, oh, country artist won American Idol. We should watch it. So we did, like, obviously knowing she's going to win, still racing home to watch her win it, even though it was six months later, right. however much. But that was, like, my first glimpse. And now you watch, like, the ACMs when, when Lindsay L. or Russell's on the stage, you're like, hmm. Granted, they may not be all Carrie Underwoods. That's, like, striking lightning or lightning striking. Right. No, I think, and I mean, I know it's hard to do because you have a certain time limit, but if they were to extend award shows by, like, 30 minutes and you were able to showcase some of these up and coming singers a bit. Um, I mean, even if they were each to do like a minute, cause I, sometimes I feel like they're honestly, they sing for 20, 30 seconds. You hear the main chorus and hook and then it goes to commercial. Right. I think if you're able to showcase them a little bit more with that bigger audience, like it's good for their careers, but it's good for country music as yeah, a whole. Absolutely. I think the CMT awards did a good job of doing yeah, that. Well, they were good. All right. Since you have no trivia, <laughs> I'm um, sorry. I don't know. Mine, I, as soon as I said, like, oh, that's an easy one, you're going to come back with super hard ones the next podcast. Yeah, you bet. Um, I have three. I feel like you'll do pretty well on these. All right. Um, no pressure. Boy, I should have marked down which ones are the right answers. <laughs> All right. No, I know. Um, okay. So I got three of them here. First one is I'll give you multiple choices. Ooh, unless, unless you're able to name it right off the right We'll see. What was. Um, what was Jody Messina's first single she released? It wasn't Heads Carolina. 
It was. Was it? Yes. Love yeah. that song. Yeah, no, it, it was. Carolina. That's, oh, such a good song. Yeah, that's like a 90s nostalgic kind of feeling. Mm-hmm. All right, one for one. Impressed. Thank you. Who wrote Billy Currington's hit, Good Direction? Oh, shoot. I know Sam Hunt wrote, his, wrote another one by him. All right, I'll give you four choices here. Please, thank you. Was it either A, Billy Currington himself, B, Luke Bryan, C, Phil Vassar, or D, Red Akins? Oh, it's got to be Red. No. That was a tricky. I tricked you. That's true. He only writes for Blake Shelton. Hmm. <laughs> Did Billy write his own song? No. No, shoot. I I just I don't remember the other option besides Luke. It was Luke. Was it Luke? It was Luke. He wrote good direction. Yeah. I mean I'll have to double check. I mean wow. I, I saw PR because <laughs> it's probably I'm <laughs> fake news, Aaron. Fake news. Uh, yeah, that's that's what we do here at Raised On it. We just make up facts. But yeah. yeah, no, he wrote that song. Good directions. Interesting. I mean, I'll, let me check here. I'm trying to think how old I mean, Good Directions is like, that was one of his first hits, I think. Let's see here. Which, I don't know. If we're going to talk Billy Currington, I thought he would be bigger than I feel he is right now. Like, he's got a lot of songs, but I think he's one you'd go to a concert and be like, oh, yeah, he sings that one. Yep. All right. So according to Wikipedia, Wiki. I mean, everyone can edit it pretty much. <laughs> kind of a myth. It's hard to do. Um, Good Directions is a song. Tried? Many years ago, I think I was in like middle school or high school. I don't know. It was probably something related to sports saying like, I don't know, the Minnesota Vikings are owned by the Green Bay Packers or this something silly wrong. like that. We need to fix this. Right. It's harder to do than um, than it seemed. But yeah, Good Directions was written by Luke Bryan and a Rachel Thibodeau um, and was recorded by Billy Currington in 2006. And it was Currington's second number one hit. Wow. So I feel like was Billy like big before Luke was? Um, good question here. So I mean that was two thousand six. Let's see. Luke's here. first number one was Do I? And I don't think that was two thousand six. I feel like that was later. Yeah, his first album was two thousand seven, so that would oh. kind of make sense. Wow. We'll have to do some digging on that for a future podcast. Luke. But um yeah, that might have been his start. Get the foot in the door. Interesting. So yeah, all right. Well, so I butchered that one. Ace the first. Yeah, question. I definitely tricked you on that one though. Oh, I love Red Eight. Yeah, I, I figured if I threw in like a, a not a hundred percent singer, that I get it. All right, we talked about Sam Hunt a little earlier. So before becoming a country music star, Sam Hunt was a college football player at Middle Tennessee and UAB. The question is, what position did he play? He wasn't quarterback? Is that your final answer? Yeah. He was a quarterback. Yeah. Of course yeah. he was. <laughs> what so, else would he be? <laughs> right. And I was like, what other position? I mean, maybe yeah, running back or receiver, but no. I mean, it's, yeah, he's got the quarterback looks and yeah, poise does. and all that to yeah. him. So The looks. Yeah. So anyways, I mean, that's two out of three. That's pretty good. Thank you. All right. Also, the, funny that the multiple choice one is the one that I did not get right. That's true. Maybe it made things a little more difficult. But. So, okay, now I know the standards of your question, so I know kind of what I'm looking for. Yeah, I mean, a little challenging, but we don't have to you know, beat each other over the head with stuff. We don't have to like, like recite lyrics or anything, fill in the blanks, because mm. that would be tricky. 
Yeah, he would hear our bad singing because right. I need to sing things out. Yeah. So. Which, by the way, the worst thing is when you put a Snapchat on and all you hear is yourself singing at a concert. Yes. So we're going to not do that for Phil. We warn each other if we're. Oh, yeah. Okay. No, yeah, the worst is, that is worse, where when you wake up um, <laughs> the morning after um, a night on the town with friends or something and a um, song comes on the radio and, I mean, you think you sound just like them, but you don't. Yeah, it's a shame. Yeah. So, awesome. I think this was a good first podcast. We'll see if everything recorded and they will get it uploaded. Otherwise, this was a gigantic waste of our time. Yes. And we'll do the same thing. <laughs> uh, we'll just skip this episode and we'll talk about what we'll talk about next. Nothing next was recorded. Pod. Yeah, that would be a, a huge disappointment. Huge. Um, so, if you're hearing this, great. It means it was uploaded. If not, this was a waste of time. But next time, uh, next podcast uh, in about a week or two, um, it'll be after the Dan and Shay release. So we'll talk a little bit about the Dan and Shay new album. Um, we'll talk about what Summerfest was like. Um, if Phil Vassar put on a good show, of course. If, huh. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's kind of what we have going forward. We have uh, Tim McGraw and Faith Hill concert in two weeks. Two weeks from Friday. Two weeks. Um, Devin Dawson's opening. Oh, so, yes. Um, that's when we'll definitely be. We'll be in for the Big opener, fan. for sure. Dead and that's going to be an interesting one, too, because it's going to be hard for Tim and Faith. They have so many hits. Yeah. I mean, they're not going to be able to hit all of them in the three-hour concert, but... They can sure try. Exactly. Well, uh, for more articles about country music, new artists, um, album reviews, as we get this thing going, we're going to try to get some um, interviews with artists, uh, maybe get them on the pod- podcast, Um you know, interview just different people within country music. Um, but in that case, go to raisedonit.blog and tweet us, uh, send us messages on Instagram, Facebook, the whole likes. Um, all that info can be found on the website, raisedonit.blog. Signing off. Till next time. Till next time.